is feared that a three-year-old British girl has been abducted in Portugal. If your child isn't safe at a resort, where is she safe? The media made their daughter the most high-profile missing child in the world. Some individuals represented a significant person of interest. Police say they are now treating a British man as a suspect. They wanted me to confess. I actually felt I was being set up. The police had suspicions that there was some collusion happening during the night that Maddie went missing. This could be the breakthrough. Here it is, it all fits. Statistically, it's likely to be someone who is in close proximity with the child. The McCanns and their friends revised their timeline. There is no way Kate and I are involved in this abduction. The police leaked information to the press. Those cops lied to me. Then there was a surprise. The head of the investigative unit was under investigation himself. One startling element is the sheer number of sexual predators in the area. At the time, it's very easy to move children to other countries. Human trafficking is a massive problem. The value that Madeline had was really high. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on why Alright everybody, welcome to episode 281 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. I'm sitting right across from me, back from the great state of Hawaii, is oh the brown recluse, Mr. Art Show. Art, say hello to the millions. The millions? What the fuck is going on, America? Guys, I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Um, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com, check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans, they got the cacao butter. They got the Kona coffee, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure. Caveman Kona coffee? Caveman Kona coffee. I don't know if that's a thing, but... Um, it should be. Actually, I have a bunch of Kona coffee because I, I bought a bunch when I was there. I was like, dude, this is like <laughs> straight, out of the, straight out of the ground, dude. Yeah. Like, I loved it. But anyways, guys, go to uh, cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got coffee beans, hibiscus tea, cacao butter, sweatpants, hats. Winter's coming up. A winter sale is about to happen. I think they're gonna let you like use the both promo codes to like get like fifty percent off or some shit like that. Damn. Um, but guys, uh, use promo code America to receive fifteen percent off. Take a picture of yourself wearing the coffee on your body, all over your body. Just pour coffee. Just pour a bathtub full of coffee beans and take a picture of yourself <laughs> and then tag us and then tag K Man Coffee. We appreciate it and they appreciate it. 
Uh, speaking of filling the bathtub up with products and rubbing it all over your body like Jesus Fuentes, guys, I need every one of you to head on over to SucraApparel.com. We're the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together a lovely array of merchandise for your consumption and bathroom needs. So head on over there. Uh, she designed every single product with her own two hands. So support strong, independent women like Nicole Smith-Bosch. Uh, put it in your cart. And before you push checkout, put your credit card information or Apple Pay information or your PayPal information or whatever the fuck you use to crypto.com information or whatnot. Uh, enter promo code Art and Jacob. And Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But guys, we're not here to talk about Kona coffee or rubbing bath salts all over your body or fucking t-shirts from Nicole Smith Bosch. Art, what are we here to talk about today? Guys, we're here to talk about the most famous disappearance of all time, according to the internet. <laughs> uh, this is the disappearance of Madeline McCain. McCann. McCann, sorry. McCann. Uh, sorry. It wouldn't be an Art and Jacob Do uh, America podcast if Art didn't mispronounce somebody's name. Yeah, so. sorry, sorry, Madeline McCann. But I did thought it, I did I before we did research, I did think it was yeah. Madeline McCain, and for some reason, I just assumed she was like the granddaughter or some kind of relative to like the senator John McCain. Yeah, I was just like, man, John McCain. Maybe just that's why I think McCain doesn't sound right. No. That's going to be like a Mandela effect thing down the line, but that doesn't sound right. Even now, after doing all that, and I'm literally looking at my notes and the Wikipedia thing right now, and I'm like, they both say McCann, so yeah, I so must be wrong. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying over the rainbow. Damn, go to the uh, Patreon to get that that reference right there. But Art, uh, you mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned it's quote unquote the most famous missing persons case of all time uh we were talking before we started recording uh as we do when we do research we scour the internet for the best podcasts that have covered uh previous topics or the topics that we're about to cover and whatnot and our buddies down the street at the sofa king podcast uh they said this as well like it is also branded as the most famous missing persons case of all time and they said it. We'll say it as well. I didn't really know jack shit about this case yeah, beforehand. I I, so I knew a little bit about it. I knew uh, about it enough to, I think I mentioned it to you, and I was like, here's a case I never want to cover. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was just like, not not something that interests me. I think um, we're not sure yet covered this before the before they committed suicide mm-hmm. in their joint path. path. Um, but... Um, yeah, so um, I just one of those things I didn't want to really cover, but um, here we are covering it. But I yeah. did know a little bit. I know there was a Netflix special, and I tried watching the Netflix special, <sighs> but um, I only got like forty-five minutes into like the first episode. I think it's only like an hour-long episode. Well, there's like six or seven. Yeah, there's parts. like six six parts, and they're all like one hour. Right here with you, bro, because I wasn't even tired. And for some reason, like, I was, like, towards the end, and, like, I was, like, sleepy as shit. It was, like, 7.30 at night, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I have sleep problems. I got, like, medications for that shit. Yeah, dude. And fucking, like, I was, like it, it did a better job at putting me to sleep. Than, not to say that this case that you're going to hear is boring, but the actual Netflix documentary that you're talking about, oh, my God, was it fucking arduous to watch. Dude, you know what? Shout out to Netflix. Like, I think I posted that thing that's, like, anytime there's a murder, like, Netflix is just, like, counting money. Yeah. But the there's a one called the Amanda Knox case. Have you ever seen that on Netflix? I've heard of it. Dude, I think it was the most boring shit ever. Like, 
I, I everybody like Amanda Knox just seems like such a fucking fake. Like, I, I just give yourself just don't watch it. Me saying that it's good. Watch it. Me saying that it's bad, and just give it thirty minutes, and just be like, "You're right, dude. This shit is fucking retarded." <laughs> like I don't use the I don't use the word retarded that often, but this is retarded. Like yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt about this one. But anyways, going back to the Madeline McCann story. Yeah, I knew I knew a little bit about it. One of the things that I I knew about it, and you brought up Pizzagate when you first brought this up of like the things that we knew about it. Yeah, that was the only thing but that I knew about it, yeah. One of the things that had interested me about this case was uh, she has a very like unique feature to one of her eyeballs mm-hmm. where it's like a broken, um, like the black little center of it like breaks into it and goes into like the rest of the eye, which is a very unique uh, like, genetic trait. And uh, I think it's only like like 5% of the population has that. So it's very rare, but um, there's also like a, a lot of like people that practice the occult. It's it's like it's one of the most coveted things to have like an eyeball that has that like. Oh wow! And so that's one of the things that like really really intrigued me about that. And when we when I suggested this to you, I was like, well, there's gonna be like some way to bring that up, and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of theories that tie that into the. I nope. didn't see jack shit. I was like, what this the, is the first fuck? I'm hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, I was like I was like, how did that it almost made me feel like that is what happened. Cause like if that <laughs> shit gets wiped from the internet, then that's what happened. But yeah, I that was that was one of the like the really popular things, like theories that was that were happening around like 2016 or whatever when I first heard of this case. And then it just kinda like nope. Like it's a pedophile dude or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah. But but anyways, let's get into it. Let's get yeah. It. um yeah, no, and like you said, I mean you mentioned Pizzagate. The only thing that I had ever heard of it was, I guess, like one of the forensics drawings, or it's like an e-file yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah thank so you for smearing COVID all sorry, over. Sorry, no, it's just like a moco. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah, well, sorry, <laughs> you're fine. There. Anyways, um, yeah, like one of the, it's like an e-lift or something like that. Well, the the pictures that they got of the two gentlemen that are potential suspects or whatever look like the Podesta brothers. Now, <laughs> if you go yeah. back to the Pizzagate episode, John Podesta, I believe he's like Hillary Clinton's campaign manager or whatever. Uh, part of the Pizzagate scandal or whatever, and they said that for some reason this campaign manager, yeah, he's in, out there doing his own work. Yeah, he's this sixty-year-old like man that really loves pizza and hot dogs. Back in two thousand seven, him and his brother, his fifty-eight-year-old brother with a bad lower back, are out there secretly abducting children like they were Catwoman or some shit. Yeah. And I was just like, come on, get the fuck out of here. And it was it's one of those things that like made Pizzagate like even less. Credible. It's like, come on, you telling me out there this grandpa's out here secretly taking children? Like his name was like the Sandy Claus and shit. Like, get yeah, the fuck out of here. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about that, but I have heard like, you know, obviously like, if somebody took her, it's some kind of like pedophile type mm-hmm. of dude. Like, which I mean, I'm not counseling out, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a high possibility that you know, but there's also like a lot of like sex trafficking. Um, like I guess there's like the I forgot what that passage is that like goes from like. From like Portugal to Morocco to like mm-hmm. uh, it has a name. It was a very specific name, but I can't remember what it's called. But that's a very big possibility too. And like that's scary as shit. Yeah, dude, sex trafficking. And like I mean this, if you're a parent out there, like watch your kids because that is more common than you think it is. Yeah. That is, it's 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 apparently like a really growing problem here in Bakersfield. Uh-huh. And like that is pretty pretty terrifying because when I was a kid, or you know, all my high school college my time hanging out with target friends and all that shit i had never heard of sex trafficking mm-hmm. i thought that was some shit that happened in like 
Jamaica or some like <laughs> weird like you know like you have to go knock on some like dark Pole alley like yeah, yeah it's like that doesn't happen in the United States wherever they filmed fucking hostile yeah it was like that 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 was my understanding of like sex trafficking it's like you got to know a guy or some shit like yeah. that like weird shit not like Bakersfield not like dude watch out in Bakersfield it's like one of the <laughs> lead we dude I met this dude one time he was saying that he was putting a crew together to like go prevent sex trafficking because like apparently whenever there's a Super Bowl that city becomes a hotbed for mm-hmm. like sex trafficking so they were gonna try to like uh, put like these like rings ring I think that's what they're called like to try to prevent it in, in LA because they were expecting like sex traffickers to like increase by like 80% in, in LA and I was like that is terrifying yeah that that is a thing that that you have to get ready for like an 80% increase because of a Super Bowl oh my god but yeah can we just sell fruit on the side like at the yeah. Coliseum of a yeah, Rammstein yeah. concert come on man <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> and yeah then they call like fucking like any if they caught you selling hot dogs at the yeah, at the Super Bowl, like you were getting around, you're going to pound the ass prison, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, dude. Yeah, but yeah, you can sell a, a little girl, and that's no, that's all good. That's all to the good, baby. But it's, it's what too the hell? Hard are we to catch those people. Yeah, it's easier to catch the guy selling fucking uh, hot dogs. These yeah. hot dogs better be kosher, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> they sure as hell not. They're wrapped with bacon <laughs> and all sorts of uh, onion and bell pepper or whatever. But um, God bless all the hot dog vendors outside of every fucking event ever that ever yeah. happens in California. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I feel sorry for you, son. But anyways, Madeline McCann. Who is Madeline McCann? Uh, she is the daughter of Kate and Jerry McCann, um, both um, in the medical field. I believe her mom was an OBGYN, which is like, you know, a pedi- uh, not a pediatric doctor, but like a doctor like when you're pregnant and has to examine, you know, the... The, the feminine shut, area. Shut the baby's exit zone. Correct. There you go. That's a yeah. perfect way to put it and whatnot. Uh, then kind of moves into like general practice. Uh, father, uh, he, I guess he was a cardiologi- cardiologi- cardiologist uh-huh. or an, 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 an advisor well, you, for You called the dad Jerry? I've been calling him Gary this whole time. Gary? Isn't it with a G? Like, I, I, G? I just assumed his name was like Gary. He called him Jerry. I, you're probably right. <laughs> I thought it was like some weird Portuguese or like British thing, whatever. Like maybe know. we're both right because I mean they do they do some whack wonky ways of like pronouncing things. Maybe so. I had heard. So I listened to an interview, and they were calling him Gary, and but then you just called him Jerry. But you're probably right. I'm not even joking. I'm not trying to be like facetious about it. I'm just saying like well, you, there's you, probably some kind of like language barrier there. We both might be right because, like, I know, like, Gerald, the name Gerald, which is probably, uh-huh. like, sh- his name is short for or whatever. In, like, Britain or whatever, it's not Gerald, it's Gerald. So, oh, hey, tomato, tomato, uh, baby. Probably. Yeah, but anyways, mom and dad, um, very successful um, practitioners in the medical field, if you will. Needless to say, I say all this because that just means that they're fucking loaded, right? They got more yeah. money than... Than fucking Wells Fargo at this point or whatever, right? If both your parents are fucking doctors. Yeah, you're doing well. Yeah. So anyways, um, but not just because you got money doesn't mean all is well. Uh, but they had tried for years, I guess, to have children. And so uh, Madeline was actually created in, you know, in vitro fertilization, which means, you know, basically test tube baby whatever. And she had, you know, two siblings who were twins due to this as well. So they have three children. And then... They go on their annual holiday, 
And where they went to is, you know, a place in uh, Praia de Luz, which is in Portugal, uh, which is in the Algarve region, which is basically called Little Britain because I guess like thousands of British uh, citizens and expats, like they would either vacation there or make their home there because of, for whatever reason, like somebody bought a bunch of timeshares there and just sold it very successfully in the British region. Uh, but every year they would go there uh, with seven of their friends and eight of their friends' children, including, you know, the three McCann children. So it was uh, nine adults uh, and eight children. So So right off the bat, like, the fact that they have this much money is... Do you think that people that are, like, looking for, like, the pickpocket type of person is, like, scouting out, like, this person has a lot of money? They're obviously staying at a high-end resort. Like hundred percent, they would be targets, right? I mean, if somebody was scouting out, like I want to rob these people, or well, it's like I always tell people at work. Um, there is a bad stigma to the east side. Obviously, I live on the east side still, born and raised and whatnot. And I'm very proud of that fact. And I always, for as long as I've worked at my job, they always gave me shit. Like, why do you still live out there? Like, isn't it the wild, wild west? And I'm like, yeah, it can be. And like Jordan said last week, like. As long as you're not fucking with anybody, no one's going to fuck with you kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of my coworkers, they live, like, in the nicer part of the town. And I always make the joke, too. I'm always like, you might as well live in Anaheim because I don't even recognize the side of town that you guys live on. And then I always tell them, I'm like, you realize, like, the people that I grew up around, like, they're not home invasioning and, you know, robbing people on my side of town. They're going over to your side of town. Cause I, so I would feel more scared to live on your side of town because you're more of a sitting duck. You have this false sense of security with your nice houses and your Trump twenty twenty four flags and shit. Yeah. Then I do like in my little quiet part of the fucking resort, if you will. I feel you. Yeah, you become kind of a target. Um, but they didn't go to on holiday alone. No. Um, so that's a that's a big thing. Uh, do you have the names of the other couples? Uh, yes, and most of these uh, couples that the friends that they went with. Uh, were pretty much all physicians as well. Oh, yeah, they were all one, wealthy. Except for one, I think she was a marketing manager, which basically means <laughs> she had money as well. Uh, but they went with uh, Fiona and David Payne, who were both physicians, and their two kids, as well as Fiona's mother. Uh, Jane Tanner, who was the marketing manager, and her partner, Russell O'Brien, who was a physician, and their two kids, as well as Matthew Oldfield, who was a physician, and Rachel Oldfield, who was a lawyer, and their one child. Yeah, so one of the things, and not to cite Silver Kings too much, but Dave says this thing that I thought was very interesting is like when you go on a on a holiday trip like that, you pretty much bring your guard down. Mm-hmm. Like you're here to have a good time. Like you want to go have a drink. You want to do these types of things. One of the things that I did come across, because I was trying to look up like crimes during like, people on trips apparently that's like pretty common like Mm -hmm. people get like mugged a lot because you look like a tourist yeah or like uh, i didn't know this and Uh, you know you got money on you because you're willing to most people are saving up oh yeah like this is when you're you're carrying more money than you probably should be um i guess like on 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 uh people that take cruises have you ever taken a cruise before no never. probably will never yeah i probably will never i'm always against cruises but uh on cruises like Cruises have, like, one of the highest numbers of, like, sexual assaults towards women. So, like, if you ever go on a cruise, dude, you better keep, like, your 
girlfriend, mom, sister, whatever, like, just got to keep an eye on that because apparently, like, people get drunk and, like, sexually assault women on cruises all the time. And it's, like, not even, like, well-documented or reported because it's, like, you know, they have, like, their own, like, little police. And then when you you have to handle it when you come back onto land and all this shit. And it's, like, what a fucking – anyways. So, um, anyways, just saying that – Crimes to tourists very common, especially if you go there looking like a rich tourist. Yeah, like if you go on on especially if you come if you're from like Nebraska and you want to come to California and you want to see Hollywood, buy like some fucking like old ass clothes, dress like <laughs> Kurt Cobain in '92, and you're good, dude. Yeah, fit right in. Hold the sign that says like it's just for beer or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. I mean, the, these the super rich couple shows up to Playa de Luz or whatever it mm-hmm. is. I think it's like that's a uh, Beach of Light or something, yeah, in Portuguese. But um, um, but they uh, they're there. They kind of have this thing set up for themselves where each night they're gonna go out and party and drink as adults, mm-hmm. and just leave the kids at home. And you know, we'll all just kind of take turns to take a look at the kids at night. Um, so at first, apparently, this is not the first time they've done this either. This no. is kind of like their like, like a little, yearly thing. Yeah, yeah, this is their like yearly getaway ritual thing where like this is a pretty safe area, and I totally relate to this part. Like I was telling you, like I was just in Hawaii, and like if we wanted to go to like where the where the pool area, the, there was like a really big pool area, and the pool had like a bar set up where you could just drink at the pool and like have fun, and our 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 like little room thing or whatever, like was probably, like, from here to Matt's house, which is, like, four houses away kind of yeah. thing. So we just have to, like, walk four houses to from the pool back. If we're like, oh, man, I spilled a fucking cocktail on me. I got to change. Yeah. Like, you know, just walk back to the thing. It was not a, not a big deal. And I almost felt like I get what they're saying. Like, a part of me, when I first heard this case, I was like, dude, these parents sound like fucking idiots. How could they yeah. leave their kids like that? But if – but if – it's almost the equivalent to like, okay, we're recording in, you know, one of my bedrooms right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a pool, obviously, in my house, and then there's a bedroom right next to that. It'd be like, and my kids, at presently, as we are fucking recording, and sometimes you can hear, you, he's in that room and whatnot, right? And it's, I mean, obviously, his mom's watching him, right? She's yeah, not, he's like, not just swimming the pool by himself. <laughs> yeah, right. She goes but, like, eh, he'll figure it out. Yeah, he's got floaties <laughs> somewhere in this house. Um, but like, it's almost the equivalent of that. Like when I was like, like hearing like the setup of, uh, the resort that they were in, uh, basic from the table that they were at, at the tapas restaurant that they would go to every night, they, they could actually see the rooftop of their, they call it an apartment, but it's basically their hotel room and whatnot, uh, from the restaurant that they were at, at the resort or whatever. It's just the pool. And then as the crow flies, it was a direct pathway yeah, to yeah. the room. So it was, it's basically like we're recording right now. My kids, you know, couple bedrooms over or whatnot. It's not that far away, but they had this system in place where every 20 to 30 minutes, uh, you know, each person would get up and check on everybody's uh, child because they all were in apartments next to each other. I believe the McCann's were in apartment five a, uh, you know, the old fills were in 5B and so and so on. So they would go in and this is what kind of tripped me out, like knowing this. So that's the positive light of it, that the the apartment, the front door and the back door, there was like public access. So there's these narrow streets. And when you look at the maps of this, 
uh, where like anybody like walking by or driving by could have access to either the front or the back door. Well, they kept the front door locked because the children were located in the bedroom next door to the front front door. So they kept that locked because they didn't want you know them going in and checking on them to wake them up. And so they kept the back sliding glass door unlocked. They kept it closed as well as the bedroom like slightly open but like almost closed but the sliding glass door was unlocked so people can go in and out and you know go check on the children or whatnot or whatever but with that said the McCann's apartment was at street level it almost be like my back door is literally like facing you know Mount Vernon Avenue which is like a very busy you know you know throwaway yeah yeah. and like that kind of was just like oh knowing that I would never even have this system in play like no we're having dinner in the in the fucking apartment or whatnot yeah it, and I don't know if this this uh, resort had like a checkpoint to check cars in and out of the resort, mm-hmm. uh, and like some resorts have that, some resorts don't have that, and like you said, no, I mm-hmm. I, I looked into it, and I couldn't find anything if there was like a checkpoint that let cars in and out. It was just public, just public. Yeah, so I mean that already is like I don't want to say it's super sketch because it's probably like a really well like mm-hmm. nice area um, type of thing, but. It it does draw some flags to me. It's like these people are like very educated people. Mm-hmm. They they clearly know what they're doing. They're not like drunk idiots or something like that. Um, but one of the nights, I think it's Madeline who who asked her mom like I believe like on the third night. Yeah, uh, on the third night. Yeah, she asked her mom like, "Hey, I was crying. I was calling your name, and you didn't come check on check on us." And Somehow the mom does correlate that to like, oh, there must have been someone in the apartment or like, you know, in the in the the room, the room or whatever. Like something must must have been going on there to make the kids cry, um, which which Sofa King kind of asked the same question. I had the same question because I looked into that specific quote and apparently like that was kind of like a flimsy quote. It was like, what made you think that? Like, was it just you? I your daughter I- was crying and you didn't like. I think in the moment, like, she didn't register because obviously she's asking her that in real time. Obviously, she wasn't kidnapped at that time. You know, if my kid asked me that, like, I woke up, you know, if he asked me, like, why didn't you get me, daddy, or whatever, I'd be like, because I was asleep as shit. Uh, But obviously, you know, they were across the pool, you know, having drinks, cocktails, and tapas at the tapa restaurant, which is just appetizers and whatnot. And it didn't register in the present time. You Monday morning quarterback that. And, of course, you know, she's going to have that thought of, like, oh, shit. You know, somebody might have been in the room with her while she was crying or maybe she just woke up crying and didn't see her mom and dad there. And maybe that's all that question was. But what I thought was suspicious as well is when she asked her mom that question, she had like this big brown stain on her pajama Mm -hmm. top that she couldn't explain. She didn't give her ice cream or anything like that. There was no food like in the fridge that she was, you know, foraging around, you know, in there. But it was just like random brown stain on her chest. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a weird thing that never got any answers and never got resolved. It just the thing. It was just like a stain, mm-hmm. and like I I think I think they try to correlate this with the daughter saying that and the stain on her like nightgown as there was someone in the room with them, mm-hmm. and. And to me, this is like strike one against the parents, dude. I don't want to make this into like art believes the parents did this, <laughs> but like I do think that like the parents probably know more than they're saying. <laughs> and like because some of this shit does not add up. Like 
why wouldn't the mom be concerned about that stain? Like, how mm-hmm. did the mom not get to the bottom of the stain? Like, if your son woke up with, like, a big old fucking stain on, on his shirt, you wouldn't be like, what the fuck? Did he throw like, up on himself? Or like, That, and I would be like, hey, did you give this kid chocolate milk in the middle of the night? Like, yeah, like we're not trying to go to the dentist in two weeks, you know? Like, come on now. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you and your girl would try to figure out, like, what the fuck is this? It wouldn't yeah. just be like... Wasn't that weird when he woke up with a brown stain on a big old brown stain on his shirt? It, it was just who's taking a shit on your chest, boy? Yeah, it was like that makes no fucking sense. Why the why the parents would just be like, oh, whatever, dude, like mm-hmm. no big deal. I got to get ready to go to the restaurant tonight. Yeah, it was and it, like that's got to be said too. It, like it just seems like their day was like predicated around like, okay, we'll have breakfast in the morning with the kids. We'll drop them off, drop them off at kids club, which was basically daycare, you know, at the the place and whatnot. Dad's gonna go play golf, like mom's gonna go, you know, get her hair did and whatnot and what and everything. And then we're gonna, you know, have a little lunch and whatnot. You're going back to the kids club, and then mommy and daddy are gonna have a good old time, fucking, you know, getting drunk with our other fucking doctor friends and shit. And it's like it just seemed like everything was like predi- like as opposed to like. Like when, you know, me and my girl, like when we went to Hawaii and then when you guys went to Hawaii, like we all like were together kind of thing. Not none of this like splitting up and like, oh, you go to this random ass like kids daycare in this foreign country. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go play golf and whatnot. Like that just wasn't happening or whatever. Right. And maybe that's just the east side of me talking. But like, I don't care how fucking safe, quote unquote, a place is or how much of a little Britain this is or whatnot. Like you're still in a foreign place. If you're not like inside of my fucking house, like. There's there's like there's still some shadiness that could occur. And like I yeah. said, maybe that's just the east side of me. No, talking, no, I agree with you. But it's just like, no, like if you're not in my line of sight immediately, like, mm, no, that's just not happening or whatnot. But every night they would go to this tapas restaurant with their friends, and like I said, they had this system. But this is what I thought like like I can tell that like they thought that they were doing like a, the right thing. But again, like the east sider in me is just like, no, this you don't do this shit or whatever, right? Do you think this is like rich Rich people like you were never say rich white people. <laughs> I was gonna say rich white people, but I say I think Jada Pinkett would do this. It's just rich people. This, shit, yeah. yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say rich white people, but then I was like, no, this is a strictly rich people thing, mm-hmm. where like rich people never really experiencing and never really being in like danger. Mm-hmm. Like you, you lose like the the sh- the knife no longer is sharp, kind of thing. You know, like like I think people people that grow up in in like the hood in like dangerous situations where you can't wear certain colors you can't look like a fucking like tourist you can't fucking like wear like this and that you can't like talk shit like kind of thing you know like you always kind of have your guard up even as you grow up into an adult you're not trying to like like you always kind of have your guard up and i feel that i feel like that all the time like my girl she grew up in a small beach town right and everybody Uh knew each other and like you know, like, she went to high school with, like, 20 of her cousins, so, like, everything was safe, and they would all just walk home, and they would all, like, like go to the beach and, like, go, like, like skateboarding and surfing. And I was like, that is not at all, like, what my girl, like, growing <laughs> up here, I was like, dude, I was like, fucking, like. <laughs> I was seven, and I got shot. Yeah, I was like, I, I did not have that experience at all. Like, that, I was, I, I, every time I went home, I said a prayer to the Lord, <laughs> make sure I, I was safe, but I was like. That that's what it is, dude. I, I I always think of this 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 thing where it's like I don't know if you know this, but the human eye sees more shades of green than any other co- any other color. That's because the human eye is designed to pick out predators that h- would hide in the grass. And like that to me is like that's a human thing where it's like we're designed to like find the predator. We're not gonna fight a gorilla, but like we're smart enough to like 
outsmart. protect, outsmart, and protect ourselves from that. And that's what keeps us on top of the food chain. That eventually we'll come back with the bazooka and like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but like, but like somewhere along the like the line, these people's that part of it just you know they become they, soft. They saw less shades of green and mm-hmm. like the you know they didn't see the lion hiding in the brush mm-hmm. and like. I think that's what was literally happening here. And they like, put themselves too far out there because, and and I get it. I think they thought that they were doing the right thing, and they put in the message book, right? So a message book that I can go into, you can mm-hmm. go into, all the staff can go into, the fucking dishwasher who may or may not have a molestation charge on him. I'm not saying he did, but I'm just saying, like, anybody can go into the message book at the pool that, hey, we have children sleeping by themselves in our apartments wow. across from the pool where we are currently not at right now, and the back door is wide open. Wow. So uh, that sounds like a fucking... Invitation, right? Yeah, that sounds like a straight-up invitation to like every pedophile on Earth to mm-hmm. like go kidnap and like rape your children. And I get it, like I like you said, that's some rich people shit. Where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, just let them know that this is going on, just in case, you know, like uh, it, it, I don't know, whatever the case might be, whatever, right? But like I, I can just see them having like that train of thought. But like you said, like somebody like us who grew up on the east side, it was just like, nah, you don't. There's just if you're everybody's on a need to know basis or whatever. The only people that need to know that we have this system in place are the people that are sitting around this table and whatnot, right? But they did that, and it leads into you know you know future suspects or whatnot. But um, you know the parents, you know you know every twenty or every twenty to thirty minutes, you know mm-hmm. they were going, uh, you know to check on the children. I believe like the first um first time around. Uh, it was actually Jerry uh, at 9.05. He makes the first check. And he said before he left, like, the apartment, before they left to the Tapas restaurant at 8.30, they said that, you know, he left the door slightly open, maybe, like, five degrees open, like, almost shut, but just open enough so that way when he went to go check, he can open the door and check on him without making any noise and whatnot. So he goes in, he checks, and he sees that the door is, like, wide fucking open. And he thinks that's weird, and it's just like, okay, maybe there's something wrong with the foundation or whatever. It doesn't really put too much into it, but Madeline's there. The two twins are there. Everything's all good. Heads back to Tapa's restaurant, just sling back a few Heinekens and fucking, you know, uh, what's the fucking, uh, uh, fucking, uh... Uh, You're talking about beer or an alcoholic beverage? I was going to say Mai Tai. Uh, No, not beer, but uh, the shit, the fucking, the bean dip, the fucking... um, Hummus? Hummus, yeah. Yeah. Get some hummus and fucking the (laughs) Heinekens and shit. The word word was in there, yeah. yeah, It does sound good, but he was just like, all right, my baby's is asleep, trying to fucking dig in this whole thing of hummus or whatever, right? Trying to be, like, in both camps, right? I keep thinking, like, well, yeah, that's the vacation part. You want to just go and have a good time? Like, I was... When I went to that pool, I was... I, I don't even drink, like, hard liquor and things like that. But I was like, hell yeah, give me one of those drinks with like a what well, comes in a coconut with a little palm tree <laughs> in it or whatever. Like, I want that drink. Like, yeah. I'm in fucking Hawaii. Like, this is my once in a lifetime. Not once in a lifetime. Hopefully not once in a lifetime. But like, first time in my lifetime doing this shit. Like, I want to live it. Like, yeah. So like, I get I get there. Like, I want to have. I'm sure being a doctor is very stressful. Mm-hmm. So like, I get that element of it. But I, I still I can't put past the like. How could you do that? How, you're leaving your kids alone, like, and it's not even like one of the kids was a teenager and could look after the others. Yeah, one it's is like three. these are babies. Yeah, one like the oldest one is three, 
And the twins, I believe, are like one and a half or two years old. Like literally like everybody's in diapers. You know, I doubt Madeline was potty trained at this time. Or whatever, yeah. Right? And so like he makes the first uh, go round. Uh, and then Matt Oldfield, uh, or no, no, Jane Tanner, she makes the next go around about like 9.15 to go check on her own children. And she sees something kind of strange uh, when she goes to check on her child. She sees a man walking kind of like in the direction of 5A, uh, carrying a girl, uh, wearing like some pink pajamas, like with some frills on it or whatever. May or may not have had Eeyore on it. She doesn't know. Uh, but sees him, you know, walking towards, you know, the opposite direction from 5A. Uh, she doesn't pay it no mind, checks on her children, and then comes back. And I guess apparently, like she says, she saw Jerry and um, another employee of like the the resort, uh, but they didn't see them, which is kind of suspicious because it was like a narrow street. Uh, this plays into like the police investigation, you know, later on. Uh, so it's like it would be almost impossible for them not to notice her. But she says she saw them. Um, and then around like 930, Matt Oldfield, uh, he goes to check on his kids and he tells Jane like or he tells Kate, the mom, tells her like, no, nah, you can you can wait here. Like, I'll just go ahead. Like, since like our, my kids are next door, I'll just go check on yours as well. So he checks on his kids then he goes and checks on the McCann kids, uh, and he says that when he enters the room, that he sees the door is wide open, and just like kind of just figures. And I, I mean, I could see this. Like, we got some friends that do some half-ass job of like checking on your kids yeah, as well. Yeah. That's why it's like, hey, don't let nobody else check on your kids except for like you or your fucking significant other. But he sees that the door is wide open, even after you know Dad Jerry or Gary says that, <laughs> hey, I closed it again or whatever, right? Uh, but he sees the door wide open and whatnot, but doesn't go in and check on the children at all. He just, just like assumes like, oh, okay, they're present. I hear some snoring or whatnot. I heard like a baby fart or whatever. Like we're all good or whatever, right? And so he goes back. Uh, and then at 10 o'clock, so about 30 minutes later, Kate goes and checks and notices that the door is wide open again or is closed. And then, or no, is open. And when she goes to close the door, that it slams shut because, you know, there's, there's like a draft in the room, like a draft in the room because like a window or something's open. So she opens up the door and sees that the twins are there, but Madeline is missing. Okay. <laughs> so like a lot of things happen right there. And man, I, I find, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, I don't believe the parents cause this is a lot of parents having to all fucking come together to like hide hide a body or something like that but it's like dude so like none of the things are like finding the doors open like that doesn't sound alarming to you like i just i just find it hard to believe that a lot of these things don't feel alarming to the parents mm -hmm. and like they just kind of keep going along with it and going along with it until a kid's missing that must be some good hummus yeah it's like maybe they were that drunk maybe i didn't realize how drunk they were and like mm -hmm. maybe they're just that fucked up and they're like whatever dude they're yeah. here like oh well whatever the door's open yeah i'm drunk hopefully there's not another brown stain i gotta get out of your pajamas yeah it's like just that to me is just like baffling like were they that fucked up that like that they were just like past the point of fuck it and at that point like why didn't they bring like fucking grandma along? Like, hey, you need to stay home and watch the kids. We're gonna get mm -hmm. fucked up. Like, it's not like they couldn't afford it either, right? Yeah, and I'm not saying like hire a nanny, but like, 
Like, just bring grandma along. I'm sure she her bedtime's like 9 a.m., like <laughs> 9 p.m. anyway. So, like, just bring her along. Sooner, yeah. Yeah, it's like, just bring her along. Like, let her fall asleep watching novellas with the kids or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what, that's what God made grandmas do. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just like, I, I, don't, I don't understand, like, the mindset. The, the mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand the mindset of leaving your kids alone like that. Especially for, in a foreign country, too. On a foreign country with the door open. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? Even in a nice hotel, we nice hotel, nice area like that. This area looks beautiful, but yeah, I I can't understand I mean, how you get to that level. And like even like I said, like I made the joke that like even the dishwasher, he could be, you know, like a convicted pedophile or a fucking child rapist or whatever. Like you just don't know. You don't know who's working there or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And um so, so so she discovered that she's missing. I think it's uh it's 10 o'clock. 22 o'clock. That's 10, yeah. 10. So it's just like, okay, yeah, that's that's like pretty early in the night. Like, were they already that fucked up? Like well, that they were like they went to the restaurant at eight thirty. So yeah, there's like two and a half hours of like two drink. and a half hours of getting fucked yeah, up. Yeah, Heineken's and hummus going yeah. on and shit. So it's like, I, I'm assuming yeah, yeah, that's that's enough time to get a little bit inebriated. But she runs out of the room, and a lot of people make this a suspicious thing and I'm like I if you're kind of drunk and you already have like you know your inhibitions lowered or whatever like and and you're gonna have that shock of your child is missing and you looked all over the apartment you're gonna assume the worst right but a lot of people put a lot of weight into it I don't know if I do or not I'm still debating on it but she she yells across from the apartment over the pool to the top of the restaurant that Madeline's missing they've taken her so she automatically jumps to the conclusion that she's been taken. All right. Yeah, I, I, man, I just feel like a lot of these things are just like the parents did it. <laughs> and, like, I, I, I feel that way. Okay. Um, so th- this is, you know, don't sue me because I'm wrong or anything like that. But um, even the police investigators at this point start, like, getting red flags about the parents. Like, right away, I mean, all kinds of errors. At this point, errors start happening everywhere mm-hmm. and it, and I'll tell you my theory of what happened like when we're when we're done telling the story but anyways that happens this very like showy thing of like they're missing like everybody they've taken her everybody look at me like reacting to the situation like they've taken her and that's at least how how I interpret that okay um and like so everybody has a documented thing it reminds me of of uh of this one show where like the 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 guy wants to sh- show everyone that he was not the killer so he he buys people chocolate and like so they remember him like giving them chocolate and like he's like oh yeah i remember he was here and he gave me chocolate that one time like i'll remember that oh diverting their yeah attention, like yeah. and be like like did you see this man he's like oh yeah that's the dude that gave me chocolate when he is like okay so now you have a face of the image and you remember that interaction like but this feels like that, where it's just like, oh, that lady that started screaming hysterically and like got everyone's attention because her daughter was missing. Pretty much, the hotel goes into like high alert at this point. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, well, not immediately because it takes ten minutes for them to call the police. But I guess Jerry tells Matt to call the police, and then at ten thirty, that's like when that goes into like the missing child protocol, where like sixty staff and yeah. guests 
start looking for uh, all the way up until 4.30 in the morning. So the 60 staff thing was the thing that I saw that it was like almost immediately like, it's kind of like, you know, in Target, they would do like code green or whatever. Or, and, yeah, yellow. Or code yellow or whatever. I think code green is like when someone's hurt. But yeah, code yellow is like a kid's missing. And I think that's basically what they did. Yeah. But it's just like their staff, like some like stone teenage boy or whatever uh-huh. that's just like picking up the trash or whatever. It's like, oh, now I'm on like baby watch or whatever. Like, mm. I I just I hate to say it, but I feel like like the hotel did it did the bare minimum what they're supposed to be do so they don't get lawsuits against them. Yeah, and that they did what they did, but like the police got involved a lot later down the line. Mm-hmm. The hotel was like having like staff do their like code yellow or whatever, yeah. like just searching trash cans <laughs> underneath palm trees or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. it was just like the most half-ass like initial search yeah and this is like a big thing i don't know on the patreon we're talking about like traveling like the world and whatnot my girl wants to do a lot of that but like with a baby i'm like i don't know if i want to do that because like i think like here in america like you you mentioned target like we have protocols like for like missing children like we're like minimum wage workers will find your fucking misbehaved child in a target or whatever right but you go to like a portugal or something like that like that insurance like is not always there or whatnot and then you get to the police or whatever right like, okay, so this all happens at 10 o'clock, right? Like, the missing the missing of her and whatnot. The police don't actually get there till like, 11.10. And so two officers come from, like, the Garda Nacional Republicana or whatever. And, um, that, that's, and they're basically, like, military police and whatnot. And so they show up. They do, like, a very, like, even briefer search yeah. you know, than the hotel. I mean, I, the hotel actually, like, was searching till like, 4.30 in the morning or whatever, like, with guests and staff and whatnot and and then at even later at 12 a.m., uh, those two officers called the Policia Judiciaria or whatever fucking Portuguese is hard, guys. Uh, future mm-hmm. podcast featuring <laughs> our two Portuguese friends, uh, the PJ, as we'll start calling them or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, they're called at 12, and they don't even show up till 1 a.m., uh, and then at 2 a.m., two patrol dogs are brought in, and then at 8 a.m., four search and rescue dogs are called, and officers, you know, start, you know, you know, covering like the waterways and caves and McDonald's and whatever, whatnot. But mind you, at this time, so from 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. till 8 a.m., everybody's looking for this child, but no one has a description of what she looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's like, how did that not occur to anyone that there was no description? What What are you guys even looking for? Yeah. It's just like, just a kid. I found that he's a skunk. Is this what you're looking it, for? And, and I think that this was a little more like code yellowish. And that's what, that's the part that like, that like struck me as like, oh, some weird shit was going on here. Because I think the initial search should have been with, with like, actual police as opposed to the hotel staff just like let's just look for a missing kid i think the idea was the kid just got out yeah. and started wandering and we we're just gonna find like a kid under like a palm tree that got scared or something mm-hmm. and then i think you know once that the police show up they're like oh we're we're like looking for like a kid like this is this kid's gone mm-hmm. and and I th- it, it took him what like eight hours to realize this might be serious like mm-hmm. we might be looking for for something something a little more concrete. And at this point, so many people had been in and out of that, uh, that like 20. hotel room. Yeah. It's just like in and out, like fucking just no dis, just total disregard to like forensic. And analysis. the mom said that like the, the main police officer, like he taped it off. 
but like didn't secure the area. So people were like willing to go in and out freely. And like one YouTube video I saw, like with like a reporter who was, you know, reporting on it right away and whatnot, like the next day, he was free. He said, like, I just walked in. I just stepped over the tape, walked into the, the apartment. People were in there taking pictures, and I took a few pictures, and then I walked out and whatnot. And I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. Like, you can even go to, like, East California Avenue and do that shit. Yeah, whatever, yeah. right. Like, yeah, like walking into a murder scene. Yeah, like, the police will murder you for, yeah. like, murder, you know, for doing that and shit. <laughs> you so can't go into a murder scene without getting murdered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at 10 a.m., uh, they finally closed. They put roadblocks, you know, at the border. Uh, Interpol was finally called, which I didn't know Interpol was like the international police. I just thought that was like some Polish police officers or some yeah, shit. It's a band, dude. Yeah, well, it's also <laughs> a band as well. Um, and uh, they, it took them five days to declare it a global missing persons case. And the crime scene, like I said, the mom said the crime scene wasn't even secured until 3 a.m. Um, where, you know, a month later, uh, they did find DNA from a stranger, but that could have been anybody's DNA because so many people had come in and out. Uh, but between those hours of 10, when the mom, you know, yelled bloody murder that, you know, they've they've taken her, and 10 a.m., those are called with the golden hours of being able to find that child. And pretty much regardless, if you think the parents did it or not, the police did a really shitty job of trying to secure whatever fact there might have been, you know, to find out who done it basically, because it was just like the ball just got fumbled so much here during those golden. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was again, that no report of the the kid. Um, and, and I don't even think roads were closed. Like everything was free to go, free to go. You can, you could leading up to the, the resort, everybody was still entering, exiting, um, I think they closed down the resort for a little while, and then they reopened it. They uh, even after they they started letting people stay in, in that room, <laughs> a couple like weeks after, like yeah, they shut it down for a month, and they started letting it back out again. So I think like like three or four families were able to have like their vacations there, and then they shut it back down like a couple months later to do DNA analysis while everybody's been shitting, pissing, and you know showering there for months on end. Yeah, it, it's it's it was fumbled like crazy mm-hmm. one of the things that i thought was very interesting is they do bring dogs in at this point mm-hmm. uh, around this time they bring dogs in to try to sniff out her her and whereabouts you, and mind you these dogs are british dogs so yeah so they're pretty fucking high culture dude yeah they have tea time and shit yeah um so <laughs> so these fucking high cultured swine they um <laughs> one of them actually is is the cadaver dog and the cadaver dog tracks to the tracks it to the room like it, as if it never left the room and so that's the cadaver dog so like it's only looking for dead bodies the other one kind of like fumbles around and like doesn't really give them much of a trace to anywhere unless did you find anything after that? i thought the cadaver dog was the more interesting of the two dogs that was like yeah so this kinda, one just stayed in the room <laughs> they kind of backtrack it on this whatever right so the portuguese police we safe to say they about as useless as is a bag of shit or whatever, right? Right. And so the the UK police basically, so the jurisdiction, the Lincolnshire police. I'm probably mispronouncing that that the name of that city, or whatever. But that's where the McCanns were from. Yeah, no, uh, I guess like the Scotland Yard gets involved, and that's why there's. I don't know how that works. To be completely honest, with you. I have no idea. I guess the Scotland Yard's like their FBI. Correct. 
But um, the Lancashire police or whatever, their local police, like they take over and they actually send like a unit out uh, of multiple agencies. So like the Serious Organized Crime Agency, the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Center, uh, the National Police Improvement Agency, and they call this this group of police like the Golden Group, and they sent them down to Portugal <clears throat> to basically to like you know co-op and you know work together with the uh, the Portuguese police, and the Portuguese police were like kind of being offended like oh you don't think we can do our job and like everyone's like yeah you're kind of not doing your job, and but the Portuguese police were like having the feeling that like they were being talked down to. And that the you know the the British police were basically like a colonial power and whatnot, right? And so, like Art mentioned, you know there was two dogs that got involved, and um, one was like a blood sniffing dog, one was a cadaver dog, and they both were able to find like weird shit. So, like Art mentioned, like the cadaver dog, uh, he was only trained to bark unless like he had like the smell of like a dead body and whatnot right not an actual like body body like you know under the carpet or anything but like just the scent of like a dead body and i guess they said like they he made a signal behind the sofa in 5a in the closet of the master bedroom and then later on you know like when they the police are kind of like investigating the parents uh in the car in the passenger seat of the car of the mccann's as well as like I guess like on the key, the keychain of like the mom, and so like they thought that was suspicious. So just like to test their theory, what they did is they took the key that had like the cadaver scent on it and the blood scent as well, because the blood sniffing dog had like those the passive signals as well. They took the key, they went to the beach and they hid it under a rock, and the dogs went right for it as well. well so it says I didn't that, know that. Yeah, so it says something there, like to your theory that the parents did it. Uh, but the lawyer for the McCann said, well, it, of course they would find that because, you know, the mom working, you know, in general practice, she comes into contact with dead bodies all the time. So, of course, you know, the master bedroom is going to have the scent of like cadavers because her scent, you know, her clothes are going to have that scent. Uh, her keys are going to have that scent because she's bringing it in from work and whatnot. And I don't know how they were able to explain like the trunk. But, uh, yeah. And then, too like the blood and whatnot, like the cadaver, like it could have been anybody's scent. It didn't mean necessarily it was Madeline's, but I did think that was fucking creepy as well as well. That like the dogs had a definite scent on the mechanics for a cadaver and blood. Yeah, man. I think that's just a lawyer being a lawyer, dude. I, I, not to the, be like, I sold myself on this theory uh-huh. and I'm sticking with it, but I've kind of sold myself on this theory and I'm sticking with it. Like, that seems like okay. So like I understand that th- the keychain thing might have gotten blood on it, mm-hmm. but this is not the clothes that that the mom wears. Like she better not be wearing tropical ass clothes to be doing <laughs> like to the hospital. You know, like I I'm assuming she didn't bring her fucking like scrubs here to like to the vacation just in case. I don't know. But that's what I'm comfortable in. Yeah, I just, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be that guy, but I don't fair believe point, it. Fair point, fair point. I think about that. Uh, but this does, at this time, though, it turns it, like, into a media circus because Madeline, she is a really cute, you know, kid. Yeah. And I thought- She that, does look like the poster child of, like, Gerber or something like that. Like, right, yeah. Huggies. And I, I wanted to ask that you this question. Like, do you think if she was an ugly child, would it be this big of a deal? Uh, no, at, not at all. So I think there's a couple of factors in here. One that I hate to throw race into this. 
but when white kids go missing ratings through the roof kind of thing mm-hmm. it's a good looking like white little girl and of course like you know that's perfect out of hollywood like let's put this on the cover it was a cute of black baby you don't think they would though uh it had to be a really rich white baby like black baby oh, like okay. like like but smith. no like yeah. jaden smith baby jaden smith baby jaden smith and we never find him again no <laughs> like and it's like no nah, it would I don't think so. Not to that. I mean, we early on we did that episode where like 500 kids went missing in Washington D.C. and everybody's like, <laughs> "No, nope. John Podesta, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nobody cares." And I'm sure some of them were cute as shit. Yeah, it's uh, just like, yeah, that that's just a society thing, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you that question somewhere within there, but it becomes a media circus, and this did like kind of rub me a way uh, where Jerry said he wanted to market Madeline. And I thought like that was some weird ass like shit. That's 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 some weird ass rich people shit or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like you're gonna, that, and that's some weird choice of words. I'm gonna market my missing child, but at the same time, I'm trying to see it from both angles. Like where it's just like, okay, maybe market is a bad word, but maybe like, okay, I want to get the word awareness out there that my child is missing. I put myself in that position. If my child went missing in a fucking foreign ass country where Eli Roth could potentially make a fucking movie, if your and shit, kid went missing, he'd be on every fucking. Milk carton. Fucking blonde hair, blue eye little boy went missing. We had a fucking Barack Obama coming out. We we defined this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Obama would try to find like my baby. Trump and him would unite like the Crips and the Bloods. They would walk out with bandanas. <laughs> Dude, my child is the fucking Antichrist because he's the only one that can unite the fucking yeah. this country and shit. We, we, we gotta find this little baby. This little, this little white baby. He's he's the best baby. He's the best baby. He's the cutest baby. He has the best <laughs> eyes. We gotta find him. I I made out with Obama in the back. Everything's all good. He didn't do it. I lost the election. Like he's it would not, be one of those. He's not a Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> this baby is also not a Muslim. We gotta find this <laughs> Christian baby. <laughs> This Anglo-Saxon Christian baby. <laughs> in my cohort, he was born in paradise. He wasn't born in Kenya. He was born in Hawaii. Jacob, you were saying that he's, uh, I can't do a good Trump uh, at all, but uh, you were saying that he was uh, baptized in the good faith of the Southern Baptist, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's Southern Baptist. Sure, sure. Okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just like... It does help, and I do think that that's that same thing with uh, and Silver King brings this up too. But um, what's her name? The uh, the um, the American little girl um, that went missing that her brother probably killed her. Um, oh, uh, John Benet Ramsey. John Benet Ramsey. Can you okay? Why do people care about John Benet Ramsey? Because it's a cute little girl. Like it's it's easy to put her face on a fucking magazine cover, but they ain't putting fucking like you know. Yeah, I'm trying to think like an ugly child out yeah. there. Like Rosie O'Donnell had a baby. <laughs> like they ain't putting that shit on them. <laughs> hey, that kind of sucks. Rosie O'Donnell lost oh, her kid. Dude, huh? Her kid's been missing, dude. But you know, like the Super Bowl's on, so we gotta watch the fucking 49ers <laughs> lose again, dude. Can you imagine like Roseanne and Tom Arnold had a fucking kid? Like, oh my god, oh, dude. They weren't really together, right? That was his TV show. No, th- that was her actual husband. Oh. John Goodman. You're thinking about the- Oh, okay. Sorry. Not John Goodman, but like Ro- Roseanne and like her real husband was Tom Arnold. Like that would be like oh, a okay. fucking warlock of a child. They never had kids? No, they- well, I, I kind of want that. I want, I want fucking, fucking Joe Biden to force them to make a baby <laughs> right now, dude. I'm trying to see that goblin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking orc. <laughs> I'm, try- 
<laughs> I'm trying to see that fucking monstrosity <laughs> right now, dude. What the hell? Let me see what this thing looks like. I want to see that baby being born, dude. Like, I want to see that thing crowning, dude. <laughs> crowning? <Yeah. laughs> I just imagine just like a fucking I water. I see that placenta fucking yeah. flop out. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. <laughs> Tom Hurdle takes a bite out of it like some beef jerky. He's like, this is fresh, dude. <laughs> this, this fresh placenta, dude. <laughs> it's organic nur- nutrients. <laughs> yeah, dude. Society's gross. <laughs> um, but yes. Anyways. No, it, anyways, to answer your question, I do think that the fact that she's so like photogenic plays a part into it. And yes, I do think that her being like a white blonde girl plays a role. Helps, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, it turns into a media circus after, uh, you know, you know, the marketing of Madeline, uh, press officer, press officers, uh, from both Portugal as well as like the resort. So the resort hires their own press officer to help with this. The British government sends their own press officers to help with this, uh, as well as the McCann, they hire their own private, you know, marketing firm to do this. And they, around May of 2007, uh, Madeline's fund leaving no stone stone unturned is uh, formed. So it's like basically this nonprofit organization, which I mean, yeah, I could see your child goes missing. Like you need resources to fucking, you know, this is like GoFundMe before GoFundMe, dude. Correct. So I got no problems with this, even though a lot of people have problems with it. Uh, but a lot of people like put money into this, uh, such as, you know, Simon Cowell from like, uh, what's his name? America's got America, talent or yeah. whatever. Uh, J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter fame, uh, Richard Branson, the famous billionaire that wants to f- go to space. Virgin Mobile, yeah. Virgin Mobile fame. My first cell phone ever, dude, was his Virgin Mobile. Same here, man. Those prepaid cars, yeah. baby. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how he got his billions. He got some of that for me. Shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but um, all, but it's a this huge story in in the U.K. in Britain and whatnot, right? And like everybody's invested <laughs> into it. Everyone's donating their one dollar to help find Madeline and whatnot, and. It becomes such a fucking, and it reminds me of like Princess Diana mm-hmm. and the fact that it was like on the cover of every major newspaper for six months. And they said that if a magazine didn't have her face on it on the cover, like they would lose 60,000 um, prints of being sold yeah, that yeah. week. So it was just like, it was like a must, like just like Princess Diana. And here in the States, just very much like JonBenet Ramsey. I remember back like in the 90s, like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing JonBenet Ramsey's face like on fucking Weekly World News or those oh, little tabloids Oh yeah, I mean you shit. see all the tabloids, it's like Kim Kardashian, Bat Boy, <laughs> and Madeline McCann. And it's yeah. like all, all in one. It's like, you gotta buy that one. Yeah, it's got everything it's, I need right here. It's got the clown from Slipknot over here too in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's got everything yeah, that I want. Like, but oh, hell, dude, it's got some articles here about Slipknot too. Yeah, written by Art and Jacob to yeah. America. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, this fund basically paid for like trips uh, for you know the parents. They went to Holland. They went to Spain. They went to Rome. They actually met the Pope. Where the Pope actually put out a message like. Yeah. We gotta find Madeline. We gotta make sure she's not in a secret pedophile ring. Once it gets to that case, dude, it's like, that's ridiculous. That's one kid. And I hate to say, like, one kid doesn't matter, but, like, hundreds and hundreds of kids go missing. Thousands, yeah. I was gonna say, like, in California alone, dude, like, and, like, we don't hear shit about it, like, ever. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, but because they're probably like poor Mexican kids with like field working parents. Yeah. They're not rich doctors that look like they have model looking kids, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of bullshit, but also, you know, they are raising a lot of money and publicity mm-hmm. and all that shit. And but. I mean, if I was in the same, like, financial position, I don't know if I would use the word marketing, Madeline or whatnot, but, like, if that was my kid and I had, like, the resources. Did they and, ever put out a book? Yeah, they did. The mom did, yeah, as well as, like, everybody associated with this. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. Um, but... I, it's hard for me to say that I wouldn't have done the same thing, like set up like a. Go I would be, me. I would be like, I would have your back until you were like, also, dude, I'm gonna put a book out. I'd be like, Jacob, that's, <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my son's been missing now for like seven years, so I'm just gonna put the book out. But I'm having dinner <laughs> with Kim Kardashian He's tonight, like, dude. But Donald Trump. He's inviting me to these Anglo-Saxon meetings, dude. (laughs) There's a tiki torch with my name on it. It's like, dude, he bought me a white shirt and some khaki pants, dude. Yeah, I'm sitting right next to Kid Rock. Me, Kid Rock, and fucking Barack Obama's like half brother over there, dude. I don't know. Uh, But anyways, so um, this is this is what's going on, Um, and it's about this time too. Like they start like developing for suspects. So the first suspect that. This uh, contingency between the Portuguese and British police uh, have is a Robert Murat, who was 34 years old at the time. He lived at his mom's house about 150 yards away, um, and he could be conceived as being in the area at this time because he was. He actually admitted, like he was in the area, like when the you know the missing person alert went out and whatnot, yeah. and people were searching and whatnot. Uh, but he actually fit the description as well as from the Tanner sightings uh, where, you know, the guy was holding like the little girl with like the pink pajamas, which, by the way, that's what Madeline was wearing. And there's no way she would have known that before because she never checked on Madeline herself. So she wouldn't have known what Madeline was wearing. Uh, but later on, you know, to kind of condense this and whatnot, if you want to find the who, what, when and where's of it all, uh, it comes out that it was impossible for Robert to do this. And he actually sues, uh, I believe it's like the Portuguese police uh, for libel and wins a $600,000 reward because they tear up his fucking flower bed. They do ground sonar to fucking his fucking ho- his mom's house and all this shit. Like they fucking basically get him fired from his job. They do all this like skinwalker ranch scientific research like on his property and shit. And like uh, I think like they, they blow up his car or some shit, but like he ends up getting like a $600,000 reward. Um, then they interview like a bunch of witnesses around the area and they say like multiple men were around like that 5a building that night and it was like multiple men acting weird and asking for money for orphanages that later on they found out didn't exist so this is where it gets played into like the whole like pedophile ring uh that you know they were talking about like the mccann's actually hired like a private investigator who like went into like the I guess the pedophile rings like mm-hmm. and, the, and they found like this is where you know we mentioned earlier like you know places like Morocco like these are very real places and whatnot where they will you know say like oh hey I need money for like this orphanage or whatever if somebody writes them like a big check or they see like their kid in their lap or whatever like then like they'll come back and they what they described it as is like these men would hang around the resort doing reconnaissance to see like, okay, is this door unlocked or the parents are away at this time? We can sneak in and grab them or whatever. And before Madeline McCann, this happened to a few children. And after Madeline McCann, it increased fourfold. So this is something that was very much was in the cards during this time and afterwards. So um, there, there was also in, uh, in 2007, there was a, a report of a, like a white 
like girl that matched her description in in Morocco, basically saying speaking English and saying, "Am I going to get to see my mommy soon?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at that point, and it was through that route of like the sex trafficking route where it kind of raised a lot of red flags of like, "Oh, this doesn't make sense. Like, why is there a like a blonde haired?" blue-eyed girl in Morocco in Morocco asking if she's gonna get to see her mommy soon doesn't add up also I don't want to make Morocco sound like a bad country Morocco is definitely I circled that as a country I want to visit it looks absolutely gorgeous like you know have you ever seen the movie Casablanca like oh yeah that is yeah it's you know it just looks amazing I I do want to see that but if I ever go there my alert is gonna be like way up here (laughs) don't be bringing my child over there yeah like I ain't trying to be fucking getting raped by old men (laughs) (laughs) I ain't trying to become a sex slave dude you you do have dreamy eyes yeah dude people say that about me but um but that was one of the big things and it never got resolved it was just one of those things that was like Oh, uh, well, there was that blonde girl <laughs> in Morocco who was asking about her mommy. But, um, yeah, it's just never that one of those things that just never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of things in this case. Yeah. As well as in May of 2011, you mentioned it too, like where Scotland Yard gets involved. They mm-hmm. actually, the British government, right? The whole British fucking government comes together and uh, initiates something called Operation Grange, where 29 detectives and eight civilians. Uh, basically just start investigating every single lead. Like you said, like the blonde-haired girl in Morocco, uh, you know, following up with, you know, the Robert Murat, the guy holding the baby theory. Uh, they actually even did, like, you know, composite sketches, and I mentioned kind of earlier, well, I think it's called, like, an e-lift, where, like, they make a composite sketch of possible people in the area, and they kind of, like, make it look realistic. And this is where you get, like, this picture, like, during, like, you know, 2020 times, like, you know, COVID, you know, lockdown times, where, like, people say that one of the composite sketches, it looks like John Podesta and his brother. And, like, all the Pizzagate conspiracy theorists were like, he was in, see, he was in Portugal, and he was stealing babies and selling them to Morocco for Barack Obama and Joe Biden and shit. Morocco Obama. <laughs> Morocco Obama. See, it all makes sense, people, if it you do your own research. Follow the money, dude. Yeah. Morocco Obama, dude. <laughs> That's where he's from, dude. Morocco. Um, but, yeah, so they start, and to this day, I mean, they spent millions of dollars or whatever, right? Like, I've seen, like, multiple amounts of, like, $12 million, $28 million, $128 million, and, like, we still don't have any more answers. Obviously, the um, the Portuguese police, uh, they they suspect the parents, everything that art was talking about, like the, the fact that like they would say things and it just wasn't matching up. Uh, the cadaver dogs, as well as like, just like some of the cooperation, uh, that the parents were giving the uh, Portuguese police. I believe like the Portuguese police were asking, uh, the mother Kate, they asked her 48 questions and she refused to answer any of them. So like they come out later on and like the head of the police, uh, he actually writes a book where he basically says like 100% certainty that the parents had something to do with it. And I think his theory was is that they, you know, for seven nights want to go to this tapas restaurant uh, with their friends. Madeline wakes up, you know, that on the third night and says, Mommy, when I was crying, why didn't you grab me? And her being a, a physician gives her like a sleep aid, you know, like, mm-hmm. like a NyQuil or a fucking Benadryl. The parents or do bring up. Like, I think my kids were drugged. They say mm-hmm. this to the police. Like, I think they must have drugged her and got her out of here, which 
I thought was very telling. It's like, okay, why would you think that? Like, why would an adult need to drug? Like, like, I'll be honest with you. If I wanted to kidnap your kid, I don't need to drug him, dude. I'm just mm. fucking grabbing that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it made no sense that the parents would bring that up at all. Like, unless they were like, we need to put these kids to sleep. Let's drug these kids. Yeah. And maybe they, I mean, they are doctors, so they do have resources, you know? Like, maybe they're like, hey, we, don't you know, like, what's that rape, date rape drug? Like, or Rufinol or something? Rufinol, like roofies. Like, remember, they're like just trying to roofie their own kids to sleep. <laughs> and maybe they added too much roofie and they fucking killed their daughter. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, fuck, we're going to, we're going to lose our, our licenses because we practice medicine incorrectly and, like, it's going to ruin our lives. That's my theory, but uh, just a theory. Don't yeah. sue me on that one. And um, that's what the police uh, officer he for Portugal he thought as well. He said that like, okay, I believe this is what happened. They accidentally overdosed their kid. That explains why the cadaver dogs and the blood sniffing dogs like they traced it to the trunk and the passenger seat and the mm-hmm. the bedroom and whatnot and like all of these weird things and like they're the reason why they're putting so many so much resource behind it right because a lot of people that contest that in the other direction that it can't possibly be the parents is because of how much resources that they're putting into finding the real killer who does that sound like sounds a lot like fucking oj simpson if you ask mm-hmm. me but i mean he's not putting any resources to finding nicole brown he's just playing golf somewhere and getting on twitter but with that said I mean, that police officer like has like a really sketchy past as well. I guess like uh, in 2004, he as well as a few other officers were being investigated for forcing an admission, kind of in a similar case where uh, I think it was like a Spanish child that, you know, same scenario. They were vacationing in this area. A Spanish child went missing and they beat the parents up to get an admission that, hey, you, you're the one that fucking, you know, did this to your child, admit this, and so this, you know, and you guys won't have any problems. And, like, they were, act- during this whole case with Madeline McCann, they were being investigated by whatever the Portuguese equivalent to the Eternal Affairs was, and he actually had to fucking resign from his position because they found his officers as well as him guilty for doing this, for like forcing an admission by force yeah, yeah. from that. So he he's sketchy as well. So it's like one of those things where, I, I mean, whatever. I, I get that. I, I, I totally get that. And and I know that that's going to be like, well, that's your fucking, that's your mantra, dog. <laughs> you can't ever come back from that one, dude. Like, <laughs> you, you know, there, there was well, that, that one. said, guys, make sure you check out our <laughs> promo code mastermind. Yeah, I mean, it just... It, you can't come back from that one, but I, I just, I, I just think that the, the, yeah, the parents just have way too many things uh, going against them. Even before I did the research to this one, I was like, this, like, as I just heard the case, like, this is what, ha- this is the facts. When I just heard the facts of it, I was like, this sounds like the parents are either not saying everything that they know or are definitely involved. Mm-hmm. And it was just, nothing was going to convince me of this, mm-hmm. but sorry, continue. Uh, I mean, that, I mean that's pretty much all I have except for the last um, uh, one from the German police. I don't know how the German contingent gets into this or whatnot. Oh, about the the main suspect guy. Yeah. So, like, I guess in in twenty twenty. Uh, I guess I did want to spend some time on this guy because I th- I found him really interesting. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, so I I only the only thing I was able to bring up was that you know the German. Um, police they say that like they have like they were looking at this guy named uh christian bruckner 
who they believe with like almost 100% certainty is probably the guy behind the Madeleine McCann abduction. I guess like he was living in the Algavi region during this time and he was living like in a VW camper. And I, I don't know how they got this this story down, but I guess like he had a girlfriend at this time and he said on the night that she went missing that he says, I have to do a job. You won't see me for a while. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it basically. Something like straight out of like a movie and whatnot. Yeah. And um, basically like he's the one that abducts her and sells her into like the Morocco sex slave, sex trade and whatnot. And that like he had like a previous um, conviction he does of have, child yeah. molestation and pedophilia and all that he, shit. He was, he had an assault against an elderly woman, a sexual assault, an American woman that was also on vacation and he was also like he was he had uh, child pornography on him when he was like arrested. So I'm not saying this dude is like oh dude he's a good guy. Dude we should have him on the podcast. No, it's <laughs> not at all what I'm saying when I'm what what I'm about to say. But I do think that they pretty much ran out of options as far as putting someone behind bars on this one. And this guy's name kept coming up and actually one of the reasons I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting" cuz when I I was when I was, you know, downtime, I kept I was still like on California time waking up at like 4 a.m. in Hawaii, mm-hmm. there's nothing to do, so I was just eating my fucking raisin bran cereal and like googling weird things. I was I saw this and I said, "Oh, there's like a main suspect, looks like they're close to an arrest on this one." So I was like, "Let me look into this. That's cool. That'd be a good episode to cover since now it looks like they're getting close to an arrest on it." But this dude, everything that ties this dude into it is like, you were in town when this happened. Like, yeah. you were within a five-mile proximity of, like... Well, even that like, line where it's just like, I got a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. You won't see it. It sounds like Robert De Niro at the end of Heat. Like, that same speech he makes yeah. to his girlfriend. It's just like, that's a, that's a weird thing. And, like, it's not like he admitted to the Germany po- oh, German no. police. It's like, how did you get that? The girlfriend? She wasn't talking to the police. Yeah, apparently, like... So they have like so little to go on. They've released, they released a, an image of his van and posted it saying, "Has anyone seen this van?" This is and they, but they didn't say it was his van. They just asked, "Has anyone seen this van?" And then it was linked to him, and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's the van." Even though the police already knew that he drove that van, they, and it was like they just needed someone to come out and say like. Oh yeah, I know a guy who drives that van, and it's like just so Aha. happens to be this pedophile guy. But the picture that they posted of like the the suspicious van wasn't even his van. His van actually has something very creepy, a very distinct creepy feature about it is that he draws like little kid drawings on his van, which make it really creepy. It looks like an ice cream van. Wow, with like drawings of like clowns and like Pokemon on it, whatever things that kids would be attracted to. Very creepy, but. That image that they were saying was a suspicious van was not his van because it does not wow. have those creepy drawings on it. So that's one. Two, they don't have like any DNA proof that he was there. They don't have any like evidence. They basically just need him to confess. And people are saying like, why hasn't he confessed of it? And it's just like, why would he confess to this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he never committed a crime because he clearly did commit crimes. He he was arrested for like child pornography and like assaulting a an elderly woman and all this shit. But the dude doesn't seem like he's even fitting the, the it was just like there was this fucking pervert five miles within this area. He probably did it. And it's like, dude, I almost guarantee you if you like Google like sex, like registered oh, sex offenders Megan's in your, law. like don't even do it. Cause you're going to realize you have like 
sexual predators living all around you, dude. Like, like <laughs> it's it's not even one of those things that's like worth mm-hmm. knowing because you just you're just gonna feel disgusted by it. But this dude is like wrong place, wrong time. Doesn't doesn't fit into the the narrative at all. I stick to the fact that the parents one did a shitty job. This is like to me, it's it's fact well, that they um, did a bad before job. Before you go into the parents again. Why would the you made a good point earlier before we started recording that the statute of limitations? Oh, absolutely. So there is a lot of pressure on on arresting this dude. And like, if you Google the Madeline McCann story, this dude is like the first thing that pops up. Sixty Minutes is covering this dude like over and over. Everyone's like basically blasting him as like we got to arrest him and get him. Statute of limitation in Portugal is fifteen years. And guess what, guys? Uh, and I don't think we said it at the beginning of the episode, but she went missing May 3rd, 2007. So just do the math right there. 2007, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So it's been over 15 years now. So even if he did it, unless he comes out and says it like, I did it, then he's never going to jail for this. Cause, or if they find new evidence that's like, like, ha we found this condom with your signature on it (laughs) (laughs) your little wacky fucking pokemons on it yeah it's like why is there a pikachu on your pee pee (laughs) yeah i mean the evidence needs to be very good at this point because it can't just be like we found a hair Mm. um but it's 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 done like i feel like he didn't he didn't do it and i'm i just kind of have like this gut feeling that he didn't do it and they just need a fucking frankenstein red herring kind of thing to like be like that's the bad guy let's lock him up we found it mm-hmm. case closed we don't look like idiots anymore yeah i also think that one whether you think the parents did it or not as not even a parent but like you know if like my niece and nephew if i found out my sister left like my niece and nephew like in the hotel room behind yeah i'd be like what the fuck are you guys doing like why would you do that such a bad choice yeah like that doesn't even sound like good parenting i would be mad at them and like yeah, regardless if they had anything to do with it or not, like the, the catalyst is them even putting their children in that position because that's how I felt. I don't think the parents did it necessarily, quote unquote. I don't know. There's no proof to show that they gave them too much fucking roofies or whatever yeah, yeah, or fucking yeah. whatnot. Uh, but like, it like even even if let's forget forget about all that or whatever, right? Like just the fact of, the facts of the facts or whatever, right? Why would you put your children in that position to even begin with? Yeah, I get it. You want to have a good time on vacation. You want to throw back a couple cocktails. Maybe do that one night. Okay, yeah, shame. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But fool me twice, shame on me. But shame me three times, can't be fooled again like the great George. But anyways, uh, but they every night they planned for this seven-day trip to at 8.30 every night to go to this tapas restaurant. Mm-hmm. I like Taco Bell a lot. But I'm not going there every single night for seven days. Oh, or at whatever, least do right? activities that involve your kids. Like go, yeah. go to the kiddie pool or whatever, and let your kids swim. You could still fucking. There's probably a lifeguard on duty, so you could still have a fucking beer while your kid swims or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not saying to get shit faced drunk, but you could still like have a good time. Mm-hmm. It's just it. The whole thing just screams as like this is weird. And then I guess one of the leading investigators came out and said like that he believed that that they had like a they were part of a swingers club like the whole both families or whatever like they would get drunk and just have like orgies this is his investigation these are his words not mine but uh he was saying that that's why there was so much like they all had this kind of like the we got to drug the kids so we can have our like swingers parties 
after we go and have a bunch of cocktails at the at the at the restaurant, which seems kind of weird, but at the same time, like I mean, weirder things have happened. It's in the realm of possibility, but I mean, I mean, what proof do they got? Yeah, well, that's true. But the whole thing is like, what proof do you have? I feel like you have just as much proof on this one than you do on that. Dude, that we're just hoping that he's yeah the German guy yeah it's like the German guy now we're just hoping that he says he did it mm. it's like I don't know Th- this whole thing just feels like even like the like the the Tanner when she the Tanner allegation of that sighting of that guy like taking like that girl you know yeah. that at first I was like holy shit like and that that's the big one too like there's like forensic drawings of like some like you know the dude from like No Country from Old Men like carrying like a little <laughs> white baby yeah. like with pink you know pajamas on and whatnot and. I was like, oh, shit, because the dad was like, yeah, she was wearing these pink pajamas with, like, frillies on it, and it had Eeyore on it. And, like, uh, Miss Tanner, she said that she saw almost the exact same thing. She would have had no no way to be able to know that's what Madeline was wearing. I was like, oh, shit, well, that's your guy. Look for the guy that looks like the guy from No Country from Old Men or whatever, right? But I guess it turns out, like, during the Grange, Operation Grange, they find out that that guy was actually, like, a British guy who was also on vacation, and he was actually taking his daughter, who was asleep from Kids Club, back to his apartment as well on the, the resort. So it comes out, and, like, he actually even had, like, all the same clothes, actually even had, like, those same pajamas, yeah. because apparently they all shopped at Target, and, you know, Target, that's what they had during that season was, like, pink Eeyore jammies or whatever, right? So, I mean, they were able to, you know, cross that off the list. So it's, like, one of those things, like, like truly like any fucking lead that you have like it kind of just shrivels up because there's no either no proof or it becomes a dead end yeah one of the i saw that the, the re- police kept getting reports of people that didn't fit in and i was like what does that mean like i always like it was like they didn't look rich they didn't look like i was like anytime that they saw something like that the the police got a report saying like this guy didn't look like he was a tourist like yeah. he looked like he was up to no good. Yeah, I was like, the, the whole thing it just seems like rich people like not being able to identify a threat, yeah. and just like fumbling this whole. Ca- the police also fum- it also seems like Portuguese police don't have their shit together, mm-hmm. and they're just like they needed the help of like Scotland Yard to show up, but by that point it was all like fucked up. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just think usually after doing all these cases of missing people, I think that sometimes like the most logical, the easy path is like, we, like is, is, it ain't going to be aliens this time. Occam's razor. Yeah, but um, I do think that the most clear path to like find an answer, I think, is the parents did some bullshit here. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, when I was looking into this, it, I, it occurred to me like, what if they had like a swingers party the night before, they came up with this plan to like get rid of the body and then have this very dramatic thing where they announce to the world, like, oh, my God, our kids are missing. And that kids club where they would leave their kids at and during the day, um, I was trying to see if they had registered them all all the all the days. But apparently it wasn't all the days that they were there. It was just like. Well, on the final day, she was there. She was there on the. On, okay. She was, yeah. So then that it, final picture that you see was the day that she went missing. Okay. She was so by then, the pool. That was gonna be my theory, but I didn't know which days. I saw that it wasn't all the days, but I didn't mm-hmm. see that it was the daily. Maybe it was like the first day they were, they didn't do the kids yeah. club thing. Yeah, they took a nap. As a yeah, I was like, they probably flew in. I don't know how far. I guess Portugal to 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 England is like from like California to like Utah. Utah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going with that. <laughs> it's not that far, but it's far enough. It's far enough. I'm gonna need a nap after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um. It, it's it's a weird case. Um, 
it sucks for the parents. I do feel for them in a way, like whatever the real story is. Either way, you know, you accidentally killed your kid. You left your kid in a peculiar position to be kidnapped. And now you don't know if she's in Morocco or whatnot. Like that's like a fucked up feeling to have, right? Like I've, you know, like when my dog gets out and gets lost, like I get like this sinking heart feeling. And that's just my dog. Like I can only imagine if my child went missing and then if I accidentally killed my kid, oh my God, like living in either world is like not a good place to be. So I do feel sorry for the McCann's. And hopefully, I don't know, like, I don't know if you want to find her at this point because how fucked up in the head she would be at this point. Like, if you're being passed around Morocco and, you know, all over, like, Northern Africa and you got to assume, like, somewhere Epstein like, already got to her. Yeah, she got flown to the island. Trump had his way with her. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, goddamn, like, uh, just that alone, like, in itself, like, is a fucked up uh, lifetime of pain you got to deal with. It's like, goddamn, like... So, like, as a parent, like, thinking about that, like, it's that's a fucking heavy thought to think. But then at the same time, it's just like, God damn, like, you got to do a better job as a parent, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, like, we, me and my girl, we went to a concert last night, but the kid was with grandma the whole time, right? Like, yeah. there, there wasn't a responsible that, adult. That's what you're supposed to do, dude. Leave yeah. the kid with grandma. I'm not just going to leave my kid in the bedroom with the sliding glass door locked and just have like one of the German shepherds come like, in. Hey Ben, can you just check in on my kid every 10 minutes? Yeah. I know you're at Stella Soundtrap down the street getting drunk, but can you like go and check and make sure he's breathing still? Like, hey Ross, you mind just taking my kid to, to the sand trap with you as you do karaoke? <laughs> he's doing like karaoke with your kid is like, he'll do, he'll, he'll back you up. He'll be Kevin when you do the Backstreet Boys song. Uh, you know what? We never got, I, Ross called me when I was driving over here, but did he ever tell you if he got first print, first print, first place in that uh karaoke contest he was in oh he did no i was asking did he ever tell you or? oh no he, i thought i never it, followed up with him on that oh man and now it's probably someone saying stained and they won first place yeah, or whatever like, it's been a while yeah like, and then right away ross is like damn it yeah i'm not gonna ross, win i, I assume knew, I ross said backstreet boys dude yeah he's a big backstreet boys guy oh that's why i like him the rock bit. says that oh i didn't even tell you dude the right before i was leaving to hawaii uh, we I was talking to Ross about that song that the Rock says song because he associates that with you, and I was telling him I was like, dude, that's like some like that's like the spousal abuse theme song, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like everything he's saying that's like shit that like husbands say to their wives as he like beats her wife as he beats. No, your role and shut your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, shut your mouth and know your role. The Rock says it's like, damn, dude, this dude. I'm not saying does the right does the Rock have a wife? Is there a Mrs. Rock? <laughs> he has an ex-wife and a an current wife. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's a strange dude, dude. He he. Not to get too far off topic, but last night when they went to the movies, the the Black Adam trailer came on, and I was just thinking, like, dude, this guy's kind of like, kind of like an asexual being. Like, <laughs> like, like he's not an ugly person by any means. Like the dude's yoked or whatever. Like, but like I can't imagine anyone being attracted to him. Like, Oh, one of my coworkers is in love with him. Really? Yeah. Like, is it, I assume she's an older woman. She's like in her forties. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, I she a little bit like a little extra love there. Like kind of thing. Is she, no, she's like fit as hell. Like not fit as hell, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's like, I, yeah, I guess I could see that. I just, I just, I see him and I'm like, man, I don't, I can't imagine like, it's just kind of a strange looking dude where it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. There's a market for it, I guess. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's got their team, but yeah. anyways, any more thoughts on Madeline McCann? Nah, that's it, dude. I just, I, 
I, I'm on the I'm on the side of like the parents did it. Parents did it. Yeah. Like, even even if they didn't do it, they got some blame to, they, to share. They got some splaining to do. They yeah. Sure as fuck Same do. thing, dude. I, I'm I'm a weirdo though. I'm the type of person that thinks that uh, O.J. Simpson's son did it, but I think the parents did it. Okay. In the O.J. Simpson case, not in this case. But I think O.J. Simpson killed Nicole. You don't think he did? I don't think, I think, sorry, I think O.J. Simpson's son killed her. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's what I I should have clarified that. And in this case, I think the parents did it. Oh, okay. And then O.J. just covered up for his kid? I think O.J. covered up for his kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's a future topic waiting to happen. We've actually already covered that case. No, we didn't. Pretty sure we did. I swear to God, we have not done OJ. Who Simpson. the fuck did I talk to for two hours about that? When we're not sure yet, probably. Probably. Maybe. Maybe I wasn't on another pod. I have done other pod. I did the moon landing on another podcast once, mm-hmm. and that was kind of weird because I was like, dude, halfway through it, I was like, you should just go listen to our episode on the moon landing, dude. It's <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we got an invitation to do a podcast, so I'll talk to you about that afterwards. But anyways, our uh, thank you for coming back. Uh, guys, go to the Patreon if you want to hear Art's uh, recap of his lovely journey to the Hawaiian Islands. No, he didn't. W- no, he wasn't an irresponsible parent and left uh, kids in the fucking hotel room unattended. He was very responsible with his coconut drink and whatnot or whatever, right? But head on over to the Patreon, guys. Patreon.com slash Art and Jacob do America, where every week we put together a fire-ass episode for your listening pleasure. So uh, if you want to get out of stuff, if you have any fucking details of the Madeline McCann story. Don't hit us up on the social medias. Guys, call your fucking local authorities. <laughs> call the fucking British and Portuguese police. But if you want to discuss your theories of what happened to Madeline McCann, guys, hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Because God damn it, son, that sometimes this is how a steak is done. Uh, but guys, if you want to help us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend you head on over to ArtandJacobDoAmerica.com. Uh, where we have four designs up on the merch store. Buy a shirt, buy a sweatshirt, buy a tote bag, buy whatever you want over there. Uh, it's not so much to help us monetarily because we probably get like 10, 15 cents from every fucking purchase that you make over there. But it helps get the good word of our Jacob Do America podcast out there. You are a walking billboard, if you will. If you're at the Praia de Luz fucking resorts looking for the body of Madeline McCann, but someone just so happens to see your fucking Art Jacob Do America sweatshirt, they might download this episode and feel convicted to confess to the abduction of Malachi. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Guys, it, it was, was me. It was a cop all along. Actually, no, I'm going to write a book about it if I did it. Oh, dude. <laughs> you should do You should do a, a, a book about something like if I did it. It's like the Jacob, like if your son went missing, but then like your son never went missing, but you still write a book called If I Did It. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about, Jacob? Jacob, is this like your murder porn fantasies? Like, what, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't like you living in this space. Just go back and talk about <laughs> aliens and shit, about Skinwalker Ranch. Anyways, guys, if you want to hear other great podcasts, Art mentioned it multiple times during this podcast. Guys, check out the Madeline McCann episode that Self-King podcast does, guys. They, they basically live down the street from us. Uh, but they're a much bigger podcast than we are. Uh, they have a goddamn professor on there for Pete's sake. So head on over there to the Podbelly Network. Check out the great, powerful Sofa King podcast, as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories, as well as Robots for Eyes, who also cover this podcast. But I recommend listening to the Sofa King. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, all right, do you got anything else, my guy? That's it. Tell your mommy, boo, too. Shall we Jack when Shall was born? That's it. That's all I got. And then next month, guys, we're going to hit you with like five episodes of Creepy Shit because it's the month of October. So with that said, guys, goodbye. Good night.